Welcome to Duct Tape and Paper Clips. I'm Nathan Hartswick. And I'm Annie Russell. This is a show where we rewatch, review, and ridicule every episode of MacGyver for the first time since our childhoods. That's correct. Uh, right now, we are breaking down Season 2, Episode 17, Dalton, Jack of Lies. What a title. Uh, we're going to find out how it holds up, but first, let's catch up a little. Annie, what's going on with you? How's life? I am uh, straight out from a New York trip, um, which was really fun. Um, yeah, it's, so that was great. It's, it's really nice to be like able to do stuff and be vaccinated and be out and not, um, super anxious. I mean, I'm still incredibly cautious. Um, and one thing that I will say, it's like, we've talked about this before, but it, it does like, it takes it out of me more like Mm -hmm. social stuff now. And so I need more time to like recuperate. And as a result of that, I'm still, uh, consuming television at a ridiculous clip. Um, yeah. I, I was <laughs> I thinking the other day about how like I should make a list of all the stuff I've binged in quarantine. I'm like, that would be a very depressing. I don't want list. to. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought of doing that because I thought about like, okay, well, did I want to do like a year end kind of roundup? Sure, because yeah. I have done a bunch of stuff. You know, I've watched a bunch of stuff. The new thing that I'm on is the Kate Winslet um, mayor yes. of East town. That is my new jam. Me too. I yeah. love it. I think that the Philly accents are good in the show. <laughs> I mean, I don't care because I don't know whether they are or not. So it doesn't bother me, you know, like yeah, I don't know the so Philly accent well enough to know whether it's good or bad. So it doesn't bother me. It, I think it's close enough that yeah. if you're vaguely familiar with it, you're going to be like, oh yeah, that is how they say water or like right. phone or like that, that very mid Atlantic thing mm-hmm. they captured the little details in the show go a really long way for me. I, um, so my college boyfriend that I dated for four years grew up in Bucks County, PA. And Mm. so I would, um, be in the Philly suburbs, Mm. you know, with his family for holidays and stuff. And like, they had a fridge in the garage that was filled with rolling rocks at all times. You know, they were all about the Wawa, um, convenience store culture, (laughs) the like, you know, Taylor ham, sandwich the breakfast sandwich the um the kind of like hero sandwiches which is what i would call it where i'm (laughs) from whatever you want to call your sandwich (laughs) um all sandwiches are are welcome here (laughs) all sandwiches matter (laughs) (laughs) but like all of those little details were like very much on point for me like i believe the creator is from there i think that's why yeah i was transported back to those kind of like okay it's the christmas party and we've got the rolling rocks and the sodas and the garage and the those sandwiches it was very much kind of like brought me in yeah Yeah, it's really i love those shows where it feels like you are stepping into this world and um and for i mean i'm just so constantly amazed by kate winslet's performance and everything she does and you know it's it's one thing for a person who grew up in the united states to do that accent and it's not just the accent it's like i'm constantly i find myself constantly watching her in scenes being like the person she's acting opposite is not bad. They're perfectly good, but I just want to watch her. <laughs> you know, it's I like know. every mo- move she makes is so fucking ar- organic and good. She's incredible. And the thing that I love about her is that she plays like normal person really well. Like yeah, she looks right. like a normal lady that they you really frump her up in this. Yeah. <laughs> a million times. I mean, they frump her up, but not, I mean, not in, in a cartoonish way. Right, I mean, right. she just looks real. Like a regular. Um, and like a regular person, uh, you know, and so like, yeah, she's not like red carpet ready, 
but she's still a beautiful woman, you know, and, and still looks very real, but I feel like they really capture that. And she plays that really well. Mm -hmm. And I gotta say like, typically, you know, I'm a fan of a lot of British actors. I'm a huge Anglophile and always have been. But when British actors try to do American accents, a lot of times it is like, it's the Mickey blue eyes thing. <laughs> it's like either the most cartoonish New York accent you've ever seen right. or full on foghorn leg horn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you mean like, you mean like knives out shit? Is that what you're talking yeah, about? Yeah. Like it's yeah. just never, it's like Southern or it's New yeah. York. There yeah. is none of this like little nuance. And like for people who are from the Northeast, like we are like, we're like really familiar with like, all right, a backwoods Vermont accent is different from New York, which is different from upstate New York, which right. is different from Massachusetts. Which I mean, to be fair, if we, if I had to play a British person, I only know two British accents, you know? Yeah, totally. And there, the, and it takes a lot, I think, for like, if you are not, you know, from a particular country to know the those regional differences. Right. Yeah, that's what dialect coaches are for. Yes. So I really appreciate it. And it's like a fun mystery. The, it reminded me of The Killing, if people have seen that. So if you haven't watched it, it's on HBO Yeah, we're Max. going on and on about it. But like, I, 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 what I, one of the things I liked about it is that it is a mystery, but they throw a whole bunch of really rich characters at you right away. And I yes. stopped caring about that. I mean, I still care about the stakes of the mystery, but uh, there's so much going on between interpersonally between all the characters that that is keeping me uh, engaged. Otherwise it's just true detective. Like I don't, I'm not really into watching like a fucked up small town murder show for the sake of the murder mystery necessarily. But if I'm interested in the characters, it will keep me. Well, also true detective is a perfect example of this because there's zero payoff in true detective. Mm. I mean, they go through down a million lanes that never really tie up neatly. And by the time you find out what the hell happened, you're like, who cares? Um, So I think, um, I think this, this has it right. And I, there's one um, theory I have about the show, which I won't say because I I feel like it's um, it's a spoiler yeah, theory, yeah, yeah. but it I love shows like that where I can develop like I'm pretty sure I know it's gonna happen, yeah. Um, yeah. and I'm you often, feel smart, yeah. Oh yeah, and I'm often right, um, yeah. <laughs> and and I I hope to be right in this case. Yeah, yeah. I also finished. I I came to the end of call my agent which made me very sad doesn't it make us i mean it's like it's such a well done series finale although they're talking about bringing it back um it really feels like a it's one of those nice like a series finale i mean it's a finale but it also like leaves some stuff open to interpretation it was just so well done everything about that show is so i i loved it and i love those characters and i would happily watch anything that yep. they choose to make um, absolutely from here yeah. on out. i hope if they come back that they do it justice again uh we have to talk about macgyver <laughs> none of this to. kate winslet like you know hbo emmy winning shit our guest oh my god a comedian a musician an artisan uh he's performed at comedy clubs all over the country he produces a regular show in manchester new hampshire he sings he plays guitar with his band donaher and his custom action figure business, Wicked Joyful, has completely blown up during the pandemic. Please welcome our buddy, Nick LaValley. Hi, Nick. Hey, guys. This is awesome. Thanks for having me, Annie and Nathan. Oh, my God. Thanks for doing this. I am psyched to have you. I've been wanting to have you for a while because uh, in addition to just being a multi-talented, creative, funny person, um, you are, uh, is it fair to say, an 80s pop culture obsessed person? <laughs> 
Uh, I just, I mean, that's, that's my era, you know? So yeah. those are just things. There's a lot there that I love and I yeah. uh, never really grew out of, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But you're like a collector of shit too. Like it seems yeah. like you're really, you, you, you maybe know more than the average person about, you know, eighties pop culture stuff. Well, I'm no Ken Reed. That's for sure. But <laughs> I, <laughs> um, but yeah. And it, you know, is, am I a collector or is this uh, mental illness? What is it? You tell me. <laughs> I don't know. I'm no, I'm not one to uh, make that determination. Um, what, what are you up to lately? I mean, you're the, this wicked joyful thing really blew up, huh? Yeah, it really did. Um, how did that start? I mean, it's, it's funny, you know, it's like, as you were saying, I've been playing music and or doing stand up for half my life. So like mm. two decades now, and I would have never guessed that I'd just start, uh, you know, creating little plastic men. And that would be the thing that will probably ultimately become my legacy. But here we are <laughs> <laughs> like, and then people say like, Oh, was that a pandemic thing? Yeah. I wish I could say that it wasn't. <laughs> I started it very much before the pandemic. I am definitely an obsessive creative. I started doing this back in early 2019 and never stopped. I definitely mm. ramped it up during the pandemic. Yeah, and yeah. For those that are listening, you're probably wondering what exactly is a custom action figure. If you go to Instagram at Wicked Joyful, you can see that I repurpose old action figures and sculpting using a Dremel tool, a lot of super glue, prime and paint, and then I package them in that six by nine card in a bubble that you would see on you know just like yeah. you'd see on a shelf in a toy store that's so interesting like i had no idea that that was the process when i saw them i was just like how is he doing it was a real mystery <laughs> to me um and i couldn't tell whether yeah. you were buying them and repackaging them or like because some of them are really specific and i was like there's no fucking way that they made a run of uh you know royal tenenbaum action figures <laughs> like how is he doing this you know yeah but you're so just like let's, yeah uh, let's give some folks some examples of, oh, sure. of things that are recent or things that you're you're particularly psyched about yeah well i made this one i mean this is a pro this is a mcgruber action figure yeah um and this is the first limited run that i did so uh the process first started off as you know bastardizing other toys mm. and then just making one of a kind right mm. and then what i've what i've done during the pandemic actually i took a week off from my full-time job and i taught myself how to create a mold so I can cast a figure and then pour resin to, to be able to make duplicates. And this was the first um, limited run I did, which is of McGruber. Hmm. And uh, Will Forte bought three of them, which was super cool. And uh, it's insane. Wow. I didn't expect any of this. You know, I guess this is it. I found my niche. And who <laughs> needs stand-up when you can just stay at home and make little plastic men? Um, and, like, um, and, who, and who really needs another straight white guy talking about his dick on stage? Like, I don't need to do stand-up again. You're formally retiring? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I mean, for now, I think yeah. I'll always produce a show. I'd like to keep one foot in to stand up and yeah. I do, I do know for a fact that I'd like to host shows and yeah. you know, I'd, I'd love to, um, you know, if I could keep one foot and stand up, keep doing Shaskeen then occasionally go up to my favorite comedy club in Burlington, Vermont and do a spot or something like that'd be super cool. I'll keep it in mind. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, so tell me, have you seen MacGyver in the past? Did you watch it as a kid or not? So I definitely watched it as a kid. Mm -hmm. Um, I wasn't super, I didn't remember a whole lot. Uh, obviously the theme song totally kick ass that holds <laughs> up. Love it. Um, I mean, when I was that young, you know, if I was like 
eight or nine. I, mean, I was definitely watching He-Man cartoons like before school, mm-hmm. but prime time would have definitely been like Growing Pains and Perfect Strangers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was kind of a golden age of those kinds of like cheesy formulaic uh, TGIF kind of, you know, there was, it's a, it's amazing how many of those live, you know, in front of a studio audience sitcoms were made and made like a hu- at least a hundred episodes in the eighties, mm-hmm. you know, so many of them. Yeah. And then like after MacGyver, I remember my family, like we were, we, we were kind of allowed to watch whatever we wanted, you know? So like mm. my family would watch like, like married with children. Hmm. Like we would watch that as a family. And I, I wow. watch clips of that now and I'm just like, I can't <laughs> believe my, but it also explains a lot. You know, <laughs> and it explains a lot. And also, my brother and I have had these conversations. It's like, yeah, we were trash, right? Like, we were trash. <laughs> <laughs> As adults, now I can look back. Like, I just thought I was like, you know, maybe, maybe upper middle class. It's like, no, we were trash. And <laughs> we maybe, but maybe we, we like faked it really well. Yeah. You know, that we, yeah. that we weren't. But no, we parked our cars on the lawn. Like, we were garbage. <laughs> Oh my god! Um, awesome. Well, I think I feel like we should <laughs> jump into this episode and talk about it. There's so much to talk about. Um, uh, what we usually do here, Nick, is we usually do a summary of the episode for anyone who either did, didn't see it or needs a refresher. Um, so, Annie, will you read us a summary of Dalton Jack of Lies? <laughs> I will. Um, all right. So. MacGyver attends the funeral of his prankster buddy, Jack Dalton, and is shocked to discover that Jack is playing dead inside an open casket in order to hide from some CIA agents turned bad who are who are out to get him. When Jack's contact inside the agency is killed, the CIA and police think he is guilty of murder. MacGyver helps him escape the authorities to meet with Shadow, a woman Jack trusts in the CIA. Together, the three uncover a plot to steal an American cipher machine that could jeopardize U.S. intelligence. They interrupt the handoff, return the machine to the Americans, and clear Jack's name. And that is our episode of television. That is a lot of plot, man. That is a lot of plot. Um, One might say too much happening. <laughs> just a little too much. Uh, we'll usually talk uh, talk about like low hanging fruit to start with, Nick. Like what the, what are the things we absolutely have to talk about about this episode? Uh, were, was there anything for you that you really feel like needs to get addressed <laughs> about this episode? Um, I really appreciate like how uh, TV, especially in the eighties did strip club scenes. I said yes. the same thing. <laughs> I said, Oh, the family friendly strip club. <laughs> Every yeah. time, every time, it's like yeah. a woman in a bathing suit. Just <laughs> right. Like. right. And the clientele that is there as well. It's always yeah. just like, like significantly older perverts. Like there's no bachelor <laughs> party around. Like it's just right. like, you know, it's just so- someone whose face is probably, you know, posted inside of a post office wanted for something, you yeah. know? And, yeah. I love um, that too. I love, like, they really do make the place look like, okay, it's, it needs to look like a seedy dive bar, right? Mm-hmm. Like a shitty strip club. But let's like, what's on, what's happening on stage is just like women in weird costumes in cages. And if we pump the music up and we put some fog in, people will get the idea. You know, we, we can't do anything remotely stripper-esque right. at nine o'clock on Monday in the 80s, you know? 
But I mean, I would like to see a place that looks like that. Like I, I would like to go to a bar where the women dance like that and don't take their clothes off. I don't think that place exists. Right. Yeah. That's it's actually sort of reminded me of this bar that I went to in Montreal when I was all of 19 or something. Cause you know, <laughs> the thing to do when you go to college in upstate New York is yep. to go to Montreal and go get drunk. And they had these cages there that any patron could go and dance in that would like really? raise up and down with a ton of fog. So I was immediately transported back to when I was, you know, at this, you know, bar in Montreal with all nine of the girls I lived with in college and, you know, trying to get our (laughs) friend out of one of the cages because she was dancing in it all night long. That seems like a real insurance liability, like drunk people getting in cages. I cannot even imagine that happening today, Um, but it happened more recently than you would think um, in Canada. That's great. Um, Anything else that either one of you two noticed that seemed like really... Well, what about the... I mean, I feel like for a, for faking your own death, that was one of the more low-budget funerals <laughs> I saw. Yeah. Like, if you wanted this to be- be believable, why are we not paying more than one hobo to be there? <laughs> like, I just don't... I Like, I didn't get it. Also... The open casket seemed like a completely optional thing that we didn't need to do to have right? the alive guy laying in an open casket only t- like, how is it not clear that that guy was breathing and fully alive? <laughs> um, it, it truly was was wild, but I sort of liked that the eye twitch came back, <laughs> um, right. which is something that uh, this character Jack has been in a couple episodes now, and he is known to twitch his eye when he's lying, um, which again is not a physiological thing that happens, but mm-hmm. uh, it is for this character. And they sort of made that his tell beyond belief and incredibly dumb, but it was fun. Yeah. You know, not being familiar with <clears throat> MacGyver as much as I thought I was, you know, also when the show, st- when this episode started off, I thought maybe this was going to be like a highlight show mm, of this right. character, Jack Dalton, because right. it was just showing all these like scenes, different adventures that they'd previously been on. And I was like, wait, is this going to be the whole episode just recapping this dude's adventures? <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't give you a, I wouldn't give you a clip show. Are you kidding? No, I'd hope not. And uh, and also just the way he was talking at the funeral. I was I was thinking yeah. about that a lot because you see that, especially in older movies or TV shows where people are at a funeral and they're talking out loud. But I've been to a number of funerals and no one's talking, you know, out loud at the body. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that that seems like a very um, you know, MacGyver is known for voiceover and this seems like a point in time where voiceover would have been more appropriate uh, and I hate to say that because normally when they do the voiceover it's awful, but I really don't know a single human being who speaks aloud to a dead body in a funeral yeah. home. Like yeah. that just I've never seen that happen. And well, I mean, we already had the narration as he was walking in. He could have continued yeah. the narration. Um yeah, it was fun. Like I thought the same thing, Nick, about the uh, about the clips at the beginning, and I, I, <laughs> to the point where now here are the here are the two things that are just bonkers about that. One, uh, it's six and a half full minutes 
of the beginning of this episode that we see these clips before anything starts happening, before his eye starts twitching, before anything. We're just like watching old shit happen and and like burning time, essentially. It felt like the episode came in short and we were like, we got to do something, throw some clips onto the beginning. But the, th- the other thing that you may not know is this character has only appeared once before in this series. So all of the clips come from the other episode he was in. <laughs> so while it may seem like a <laughs> retrospective, it is not. It is only one episode. And we've seen it recently because this is only yeah. season two. This is, I know, it's not a through the years thing. No. This is that <laughs> one time we hung out. Um, this yeah. is the real. So dumb. So wow. dumb. So Really, MacGyver was just reminiscing about the one time he hung out with Jack, <laughs> right. with Jack Dalton. Which is funny because yeah. in the previous episode, when we meet Jack Dalton, we do nothing but reminisce about like the last 20 years of their friendship. They spend the whole episode talking about all the great adventures they've been on. But, you know, we never see that. We only see from... <laughs> Wow. Very fun. Yeah. In terms of another big thing, I would just say that, like, I found the plot to this episode incredibly hard to follow. Yeah. Like, there were times when I truly had to rewind and I did not know what was going on. It was unusual for this show. It was really unusual. And it felt like we we tried to jam too many things mm-hmm. into this episode, which is incredibly wild when you think about what you just said, which we burned six minutes at right. the top on flashback that wasn't needed. Right. Um, and then only to try to cram in all of these sort of threads um, yeah. of story with the CIA and, and Jack's, yeah, murder yeah. suspicions. Um, it just felt like too much, but I don't know if that was. Yeah, just it, it absolutely like wanted to be too many things and felt like it was like written. It was like rewritten by a couple different people and they kept trying to like, you know, make it more convoluted. Um, I will say the beginning when they're, when they escape the funeral home and he's in the sidecar dorky, but fun. I would take the exposition that happens in that sidecar over a Pete Thornton phone call any day of the week. You know, they're just screaming <laughs> the plot at each other on, on the street in this motorcycle, which I appreciated. And I was like, okay, this is a fun way to get across a bunch of information. They're just screaming at each other as they're, you know, uh, at least something's happening. And then they go underground and we have to watch Jack Dawson, Dalton change his shirt while they have another five minute <laughs> exposition scene. I'm like, stop talking about the plot. I can't follow this. It's so complicated. Yeah. About the sidecar too. When MacGyver, when they cruised out of that garage and MacGyver was in the sidecar, the look on his face was like, was like panic and worry. It's like, dude, you're MacGyver. Haven't you been through a ton of shit? Like, why are you freaked out by the sidecar? They played the entire first 10 minutes of the episode for laughs, which I kind of appreciated. Like the, the, the sort of mock anger that, that MacGyver has when Jack is alive and the way then that motorcycle comes around the corner and you see that, Oh, MacGyver's in the sidecar. That's funny. Like they kind of play the whole thing up for like chuckles, you know? Yeah. Yeah, because MacGyver is like never not chill. Like he is always just like, well, we're going to figure this out. And so I guess that was an attempt to sort of show like, all right, well, one thing he doesn't like is being in Jack Dalton's sidecar, which (laughs) I don't blame you. Um, I would not get in that sidecar for anything. Um, I am not letting Jack uh, drive me around. It's yet another piece of evidence that the producers of this show are stuck 20 years before the show because that motorcycle is like a 1960s war motorcycle it's just like it's not cool like there are a million motorcycles in the 80s that would have been cool like that macgyver could have jumped on the back of and it would have been like awesome but no they got to get the old beater shitty like fucking 
Korean War era. (laughs) Or they could have had two motorcycles back there. They could have, you know what I mean? Like any number of things. Yeah, I loved it. I mean, and uh, like the moment when he unhooks the sidecar and we get that little like over cranked moment when he like goes between the dumpster and the alley. It just was like this. I know this is probably supposed to look cool. And I know when I was nine, it probably was. But it is so dorky looking (laughs) like it's just so dumb. Yes. I'd I'd ride in uh, I'd ride in Jack Dalton's side. Would you? (laughs) Yeah, I'd do it. (laughs) Sure. I feel like coming from the streets of Manchester, you maybe have had more experiences that have led you up to that um, experience than I have. Yeah, I mean, I think like I I grew up poor in in the woods, and you grew up poor in in Manchester. But I feel like we probably both have plenty of experience in like rusted out vehicles. Like, I remember uh, we used to pull our shitty broken sleds behind vehicles, you know, <laughs> like like yeah. lots of super dangerous stuff like Which that. Which is where... the most dangerous to me as somebody yeah. who's like a very careful kid and mm. was like very always like never doing anything, you know, that my younger brother was doing, which was yeah. he was like, you know on the roof of something with a bike jumping off of it (laughs) at all times. So yeah, so that, that would be a no for me. So when they come into the, that weird little dirt parking lot where the feds uh, have like, like kind of catch up with them or whatever, it's when they find out that light has been assassinated. Um, there are cop cars parked everywhere, right? And they're like distinctly 80s television cop cars. They're like the Crown Vic with the top, you know, the blue light on top. And I had this moment of like, like nostalgia for that type of cop car and the fact that I used to have like matchbox cars that looked like that and you would play with the matchbox cars and I was like man did I fall for this copaganda shit when I was a kid you know what I mean like like for whatever reason I had this like warm nostalgic feeling when I saw those cop cars and I was like why am I feeling this about the fucking cops you know what I mean (laughs) and it's because they were in all the cool shows like these Mm -hmm. cop cars were squealing around LA streets in all these cop shows and all these action shows when I was a kid and I had the matchbox cars and I fell for all of it yeah, I, I think that was it's subtle on this show, um, yeah. but it's it's definitely real. And I, I have been also like looking back at a lot of that stuff recently, thinking about like, you know, there was a marked difference between like the, you know, there was gritty cop movies and stuff in the 70s and mm-hmm. even cop shows that showed the police as like kind of these complicated, right. like often fucked up. Yeah, French you know, connection stuff. Yeah, yeah figures but then when as we get into the 80s and 90s we like have a real like whitewashing of the Mm. police and a real like attempt i think to like polish up the image um and so that's where we get like all the law and order stuff coming in and all of like the procedural like cop shows that are just meant to to really like drive home that agenda and it's it's funny to see that shift now like you see it happen in the 80s almost yeah um we didn't have a pete pete thornton at all in this episode which um Nick, if you don't know, Pete is kind of MacGyver's boss and handler, and he's in almost every episode. So it's now kind of uh, noticeable when he's not there. They talk about him, they call him, and he sends somebody else because he's on vacation. Uh, and I was like, oh, anytime Pete's not available and he sends someone else from the Phoenix Foundation, that person is crooked. <laughs> like, you can be <laughs> sure that person is going to betray MacGyver. 
uh, which is exactly what happens. <laughs> well, he, he couldn't have been in this episode. I mean, we needed that six minutes of Jack Dalton right. flashback. Yeah. Right. Like, so Sorry. maybe he was, but it, it was cut because right. I'm sure the uh, director was like, you know what? We we could have MacGyver's boss in this episode, but we just need to see the hijinks of Pete for two episodes before. <laughs> yeah. Or two, the hijinks of, uh, of, of Dalton. Jack, yeah. Yeah, no, we need to recap that one time um, for six minutes. It's, yeah, incredible when you think about that they would devote six minutes of a previous 42 minute episode, (laughs) but they did. I had not not only that. Oh, I'm sorry to interrupt, but not only that, but they repeated the racist Kimasabi joke that we heard the first time. (laughs) Yes. Like really had to get that in a second time. The Kimasabi thing. And he had some weird Irish thing that also got repeated. Yeah. Um, Yeah, And also I wasn't sure because I I picked up on the Kimasabi thing pretty quickly. (laughs) But then doing other accents i think what you're talking about annie he was doing some like irish accent but i was like wait is this dude like from new orleans like is that some sort of louisiana accent like i i couldn't i didn't know what he was yeah. i didn't know what he was trying to pull off there he's just a it joker was, yeah not super clear all we're supposed to take away is that jack is a wacky guy who does wacky things like faking <laughs> his own death and getting mixed up with all kinds of characters um But the thing that really upset me about this episode is like, I have a real hard time with anything to do with like being crushed or like the enclosed spaces. You mentioned that in a previous episode. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The garbage truck thing is full on my worst nightmare. And I wanted that scene over (laughs) the second it started. What was the other time when when we were talking about this? There was some other... um, I think warehouse that they were in where I was sort of a guy gets like thrown into like one of the machines or something. Right. right, right, That could have been what it was, but yeah, yeah, I just, I have a real So the star Wars garbage compactor scene, the Indiana Jones thing where the walls come in, you hate those scenes. I, it just, it makes my skin crawl. (laughs) Not not to upset you, Annie, but I, I, I was thinking the same thing too. Like, okay. How many times in the eighties is there a trash compactor? Yeah. A lot. Obviously, Star Wars, probably the most famous, more famous one. Yeah. But I'd like to see a super cut of uh, <laughs> these compactor scenes. Right, right. Of everybody going, like, trying to prop up the walls and, like, screaming Yeah, you got to prop up the walls right. or you got to find a way out or both. Yeah. Um, but I will say that, like, that trick was good. And that was, like, mm-hmm. one of the only times in the episode where I was like, oh, this is suspenseful. this is like a yeah. a yeah. This is suspenseful, and it's also like a legitimately good MacGyverism that he's figured out how to like stop this thing with a piece of metal, and then figure out like a way to to jump out of the thing. Totally. So, um, in terms of a MacGyverism. I, I feel like, Nathan, you can correct me, but we don't have a ton of them in this episode that are good. No, we don't. I mean, not true MacGyverisms. Like, there's the moment when he unhooks the sidecar, which is a clever idea. There's the moment when he pops the clutch on the motorbike to, like, fling it at these guys. Um, and <laughs> there's one where I wrote, oh, there are at least two cannons in this non-strip club. <laughs> because one's on stage, but there's another one backstage that he throws some flour in for some reason. I'm like, what is this club, man? Like, that they need two <laughs> two stunt cannons. Um, but, uh, yeah, so they have that one. And then he puts himself in the box and does the little Trojan horse thing. Um, but, you know, the quote-unquote real MacGyverism of like him being trapped, looking around a room, piecing the shit together to come up with a bomb or a diversion or something or a way out. Um, doesn't really happen except for that garbage truck thing, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, or confetti cannons at strip 
strip clubs like exclusively in 80s things because oh i i forgot that it was a confetti cannon so i guess that's why they have it but i i it was like a full-on mock-up of a military war cannon i don't like i think of mil- of confetti cannons as like just a a popper kind of thing you know <laughs> like i don't know i feel like confetti cannons i associate more with like sporting events yeah. than with strip clubs but uh, yeah they just needed something to i don't know i just love that every not every show but many shows feel the need to do these strip club scenes and yeah. the one that's the most egregious to me that this reminded me of was friday night lights has like a kind of like uh strip club in that show hmm. and it's supposed to be plausible to us that like high school students are permitted to hang out there um and and it's all very like pg-13 in terms of like what you see um happening and yeah this kind of weird that's so weird i don't understand that i just rewatched summer school which is a 80s movie uh 80s movie kirstie alley's in it um mark Harmon, i think is the lead and there's a strip club scene in that male strip club scene in that Mm -hmm. where one of the students um, the reason why he's been sleeping through his summer school class and probably the reason why he's in summer school because he slept through his regular classes is because he was moonlighting as a as a stripper at hmm. seven, 17 years old. I do think the 80s and 90s, the pop culture was like a little obsessed with the strip club thing. I don't know. There was something culturally. It was like if a woman was at the with the end of their rope that's like the thing that's the bad thing they fell into t- to have to make money for their family mm-hmm. or because they were on drugs or whatever it was like always seen as like this is the absolute last resort and if if the hero is going to find some woman in a strip club these things aren't good for her you know like and we knew that short that shortcut and but we saw it in everything it was like in tv shows and in movies and yeah, it feels like we were really obsessed with like the moral vice of the strip club itself. Yeah, but I also think they were incredibly popular. Like I would say hmm. maybe more so than today. Like I right. feel do like, a bunch of blow and go to the strip club. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I feel like there were more um, of these like small town strip hmm. clubs that exist now. Like a lot of them, like if you go visit towns to do comedy, like I do, like you always hear like that place used to be a strip club, right, but now right. it's this. Um, True. So yeah. I, I wonder if that uh, ha- kind of had its moment maybe. and now it's maybe. You know. Um. One other question I had for you both is, uh, have you ever had a sticker with the name of your employer on the bottom of your shoe? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> or I guess your cover employer is what it is. It's like a front, right? The shoe thing is weird. And I say that as someone who works in an industry where we get a lot of free garbage, mm-hmm. um, and apparel from public radio stations where I've worked. So I've got a million mugs. I've got a million hoodies. I've got a mouse pad. I'm looking at right now, you know, socks, you name it, uh, but not a a shoe sticker. Yeah. He's still wearing, even in the second appearance of him, he's still wearing these goddamn Chuck Taylors, which I don't understand for the character. It feels like very... It does not fit him at all. It It doesn't fit the rest of his look. It feels like that's the actor's shoes. And he was like, I could just wear my regular sneakers, right? And they're like, sure. (laughs) Like, we're probably never going to see it. And then we get like a little pan down here. Like, why is that character wearing this weird... Very strange. Uh, All right. I think we got to take a break here. Uh, When we return, we're going to find out more about what Nick is up to these days. And we're going to rank this episode on our super scientific DTNP rating system. Stick around. We'll be right back. Enjoying this podcast? There's lots more you're missing out on. 
For just a few bucks, you can become a supporter of the Duct Tape and Paperclips Patreon. You'll get access to a special podcast feed with secret bonus content, where Annie and Nathan break down related stuff like the MacGyver Simpsons episode, Richard Dean Anderson's TV movie work, and lots more. At a higher level, you can even join Annie and Nathan in the Zoom when they record their episodes live and meet the comedian guests. And of course, supporters get access to cool merch like stickers, pins, even a custom engraved Swiss Army knife. Sweet! So what are you waiting for? Head over to patreon.com slash the MacGyver pod and join up today. That's patreon.com slash the MacGyver pod. Thanks for your support. We're back with our guest, Nick. Before we get into our final segment, uh, is there some place people can find out? I guess we, we sort of plugged Wicked Joyful already, but like, is there anything else you want people to know about or want to plug or anything? Um, yeah, just if it, uh, Instagram, I'm on Instagram. So uh, at Wicked Joyful, you can follow me there. If you go to wickedjoyful.com, that's my shop and it has links to other ways to find me. Twitter, same thing. Wicked, everything's Wicked Joyful. Right now, wicked so joyful, bro. That's buddy. it. Yeah, and I'm putting out some. I'm putting out some new music soon. Are you? Yes, Donaher is releasing some new music. We we finished our second album during the pandemic, wow. and we're going to start releasing some new music soon. So if you search for Donaher on Spotify or Apple Music, and if you're into like pop punk or power pop, very mid '90s, early 2000s style music, like you'd probably like it. Cool. Yeah, it's great. For people that follow the Shatskin show, is that, um, are, are you still kind of on hiatus and going to feel out when when live shows will be happening again? Um, yeah, so if you follow at Shatskin Comedy, uh, we actually announced two shows. So we're going to be doing monthly shows in May and June. Uh, headline, May is Shane Torres. Awesome. And June is Jenny Zagrino. That's great. Oh. Those are two very good acts. Uh, two, two, two former guests of this podcast. Two former guests of this podcast. A great room to see them in. Yeah. Uh, cool. Well, I think we should uh, get into our final segment here. It's time for It's Classified. We are on a mission to figure out what the best episode of MacGyver is. So we are together going to rate this episode yes uh we got like a little rapid fire scoring system here uh nick you're our guest so you go first the first question is on a scale of one to ten how exciting did you find this episode uh i'd say it was a i'd say an eight an eight an eight just because of the sidecar and the strip club. <laughs> Sidecar and strip club. Yeah, yeah. You sent me a video before we recorded uh, showing me that you watched this episode as it was intended to be watched on the true 4x3 television that you have in your house. Uh, that's some that's some 80s shit right there. Yes, I watched it on a 32-inch Sony Trinitron tube TV in 4.3. Uh, the way it was meant to be watched. I really should be watching it that way instead of trying to like just looking at my beautiful flat screen and being like, this looks like shit. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I am fully vaxxed now. Uh, Annie, I know, you're, I know you're across the country, so but Nathan, anytime you want, just drive a couple hours down here to Manchester, New Hampshire, hang out in my nerd cave with me and we can watch some classic TV on a tube on a tube TV set. That sounds amazing. I might take you up on that. Great. So we're going to go with an eight for how exciting. What about you, Annie, on a scale of one to 10? 
Um, I had so much trouble following the plot of this episode that I didn't have time to be excited. Uh, (laughs) And the clips for six and a half minutes was not thrilling me either. So we're going to go with a four on this one. Four. All right. Wow. That's a, yeah, this is not scoring very well. Uh, how exciting did I find this episode? I really, with the exception of that dump truck scene, I, 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 I felt like the entire show was exposition. I really didn't feel like a sense of like thrill. I'll give it a five. Um, how well crafted was this episode, Nick? Uh, like editing, writing, directing, acting, all of the craftsmanship that goes into a television show. That one, I'm going to give a significantly lower score. I'm going to say four on that because just like Annie said, I had a hard time uh, following the plot at first. Yeah. I didn't even realize that Dal- that Jack Dalton may have committed a murder until you guys brought it up. <laughs> For some reason, that one slid right by. No, it wasn't clear. It was yeah. not clear at all. I had to read multiple blogs uh, to figure <laughs> out what was happening. Yeah, technically, you could have missed it easily because they roll up to the murder scene and someone just points at them and goes, they're the did it and then they'd all start running after them that's that's your only moment where you get the sense for why they're being pursued by the authorities anyway they're also being pursued by crooked cia agents i don't understand it there was no real gang like there was no like yeah. oh these this is the such and such mafia or whatever it was all very confusing who were the bad guys and we're like coming into the the next episode not to spoil anything mm-hmm. like like I happen to watch it before I watch this episode mm-hmm. and like to have a really strong villain in that episode. And then to watch this where like, I didn't really have a strong yeah, who's sense the villain of in this. Yeah. It, it was a mess. I'm it giving a mess. it a three for, for three. Well-crafted. Yeah. Uh, Did those CIA agents have names? The crooked ones? We Probably. had one name. We had, Oh no, Shadow is the one he trusted. So yeah, we really yeah. didn't know who the fuck uh was in the show. <laughs> Shadow <No>. also <laughs> Shadow also was uh and this happens in the next episode as well, the only woman <laughs> in the whole episode. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Just in her like I can't cool I mean blazer. I can't make a big thing about this on every single episode <laughs> of this podcast, sure but believe me, it was noted. Yeah, right. Right, right, right. Um although I will say she does get a moment when she gets to like uh, a surprise punch one of the bad guys after they uh, after they stop the dump the the garbage truck, um, and she like runs into the final scene with her badge and goes CIA and she starts pointing at things and telling the cops who to arrest and stuff. And I was like, oh, this is way more than they usually give the woman. Usually they're like, hang on, toots, you step aside while MacGyver saves the day. So mm-hmm. at least she had some like semblance of like she's good at her job. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I agree with you. I, man, I think I'm going to give this a three as well. I just, I was so frigging confused this entire time. I was like, this is not a good one. You know what? I'll give it a four for the comedy. There was some fun comedy in it that I enjoyed. Um, how innovative was this episode? Now, this is a scale of one to five, Nick. Uh, and this is MacGyverisms. This is just the stuff he makes, the stuff that he invents. Uh, well, aside from the compactor scene and him using the motorcycle as a weapon, um, <laughs> There wasn't a whole lot going on there, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say one. One, okay. What about you, Annie? Yeah, this is on the low end for sure. Um, there's not. I just really prefer the sciency MacGyverisms mm. to the like mechanical fix and shit MacGyverisms. <laughs> That's just what I'm into. Mm. Um, so the trash compactor. Honestly, I was so relieved um, <laughs> that I was okay with that one. So I'm going to say two, just based on okay. me getting 
out of that scene (laughs) without having a panic attack. (laughs) Oh, that's hilarious. I don't know. I think I'm going to go with a one as well with this one. I just don't, uh, I was just trying to think about like what, what would my nerd like nine year old self would have thought was cool in this episode. And there really wasn't much, um, uh, in terms of his inventions. Uh, the last guy, the last question in this category, Nick is eighties cool factor on a scale of one to five. How cool was this as it compares to other eighties shit? Uh, Man, I wish I could rate MacGyver higher. Yeah, I know. But I can't. (laughs) I'm going to say two. Two. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Do people normally do that? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know. It depends on the episode. Like, there (laughs) are are cool. I feel bad. (laughs) No, there are cool episodes of this show where he's like running around and doing really cool shit. And episodes like this where you just don't don't get a sense of that uh, super cool 80s stuff. Yeah, what would you give it, Annie? Yeah, I'm agreeing with two, I have to say, because yeah. it, it's just not, you know, Jack Dalton is not that cool, guys. No, I hate no. to I hate to break it to any of the listeners at home who might be big <laughs> Jack Dalton stands, but like he looks like he's out of a previous era. Like he does not look like an 80s cool guy at all. Right. Which um, is by design. I mean, they they put him in a ruffled tuxedo in the coffin. Like they know he's He's an old show business kind of yeah. character. He's not a cool guy. New Jack Dalton and the new MacGyver is a cool character. Yes. Um, all right. I'll give him a two as well. Uh, there are a couple of bonus categories. These are just yes or no questions. Does he help out an old friend in this episode? Are we thinking Jack is still an old friend or are we going to retire that? He does help him here. Yeah. I would say we'll give it to him because it's only two episodes now he's been in, which is not. All right. This is the last time we're giving Jack Dalton the okay. friend category for being saved. Uh, if yes, does that friend die? This time he doesn't die. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Great. Not dead. Uh, is MacGyver. Well, he, he was dead. He was but, dead, but he came back from the, yeah. I think he got the points for the last episode for having died. Yeah, this uh, <laughs> isn't the first time he's faked his own death. Is he detained against his will? Is MacGyver detained against his will at any point in this? Show? Yes. Yeah. He's in a garbage. Yeah. Right. And he's like, he, they get caught, you know, in the warehouse and then they get put in the... So uh, if yes, so he gets the five points for that. But if he is detained, does his escape involve duct tape, paperclip, or a Swiss Army knife. Does he use any of those things to get out of the dump truck? No, because he uses the piece of metal to right. to brace it, and then he uses like a wire to right. trip the mechanism. So I don't think he does. Yeah, the the only time he used his army knife was to cut Jack Dalton down from his wacky prank. <laughs> right, which was in a previous episode. Which was in a previous <laughs> which was a flashback. episode. Flashback. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, cool. So he doesn't get those bonus points. Uh, all right. Well, that concludes its classified. It's time to reveal the results. Out of a total possible 100 points, this episode receives 48 points. Ooh. Tying it for the fifth worst episode of season two so far with Silent World, which is the one about the deaf characters. Um, and it only it's only one point below the human factor, which is the season two premiere. So that's where we're at. Okay. Um, I was reading about that online because I was looking up like synopsis of other episodes hmm. and uh, or maybe it was like the MacGyver wiki, but I guess he volunteers to help deaf kids. Is that something MacGyver... <laughs> I mean, if you can call using um, military guidance technology to also help kids who are deaf uh, sort of hear, then yes. 
It's very Yeah, confusing. MacGyver okay. is always in and out of the lives of various children um, who <laughs> just kind of come in. He mentors them for a hot minute and yeah. then he's out of there. Um, that is just his <laughs> lifestyle. Yeah. I feel like that's such an 80s thing, right? Yes. Yep. Yes. Yep. Big brothers, big sisters. Big is that brothers, still a big thing? sisters, <laughs> runaways, yeah. like you yeah. name it. This yeah. is uh, the MacGyver mentorship. We I mean, even the sitcoms, see. like the sitcoms, the very special episodes of the sitcoms were when like they, the, the, the family, the sort of privileged family brought in a teenager off the street who didn't have a place to be on Christmas or whatever, right? Growing pains, man. That's how Leo got his star. Yeah. Everybody did it. Yeah, you know, the white savior complex. Yeah. yeah, that big big brothers, big sisters stuff. I mean, it being so prevalent on TV shows, it made mm. it seem cool. I had three. I have three brothers. I remember growing up being like, "Shit, I wish I could get new ones." Like, yeah. this program. <laughs> like I, I wish Mike Seaver could be my big brother. Right. right. <laughs> Absolutely. I yeah. I fantasized about having a different family almost. Constantly as a kid. <laughs> and, um, yeah. I wouldn't want Mike Seaver as anything now. Um, oh, woof. <laughs> well, Kirk Cameron is different oh, than Mike Seaver. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Thanks uh, for clearing that up, Annie. I was yeah. about yeah. to say the same thing. <laughs> That's why I was specific when I said I wanted Mike Seaver. Mike right. Seaver, right, the right. fictional character. <laughs> yeah. Not You didn't want to be dragged to like a church and watch a yeah. two-hour movie about um, yeah. whatever. Uh, about uh, a firefighter who's addicted, firefighter. addicted to porn. Oh, my um, God. Uh, well, uh, this has been great. Thank you for doing this, Nick. Uh, anything else you wanted yeah. to talk about about this episode or anything else before we get going? No, I just want to let you guys know I think the world of both of you and uh, oh. I'm very grateful to have uh, met you via comedy. You guys are both two uh, people I think are great and I've always enjoyed being around. You're great. Thank you for saying Thanks, that. It's very nice. Um, well, uh, I was going to ask you for a final witty quip, but probably seems like bad timing now, Annie. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I truly, I truly, this episode, I think we've said everything. Um, sure. <laughs> there is to everything say about and it. more. Everything um, and more. I don't think we've seen the last of Jack Dalton. I'm going to say that. Though. Oh, hell's no. No, we're going to see him come back and fake his own death several more times, I'm sure. <laughs> do, you, uh, do you think that Jack Dalton's the type of guy who'd park his car on the lawn? Park his cars in the lawn? <laughs> yes, I don't think he has a driveway. I think he I only he exclusively parks on the lawn. I, I do wonder, like, if he has this underground lair, <laughs> that clearly the producers want him to seem cool somehow, right? Because he's got this, like, underground bachelor pad. But I think they're just missing the mark. I think this guy but is it's, like... But it comes off as sad. That's the thing. It doesn't yeah. come off as cool. Right. Like, if you have two uncles in your family, you have the uncle who's MacGyver, who's super cool, and you have the uncle who tries so hard to connect with you, and you're like, dude, Jack, just let it go. You know, yeah. like nobody likes your sidecar. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's it for this week. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, don't forget to check out our website at the and our socials and our Patreon. It's all at the If you want to watch old episodes of the show along with us, you can check them out for free on Pluto TV, or you can watch them on Paramount plus previously known as CBS all access, or you can buy the episodes on Amazon prime. Join us next week when we will be breaking down Season 2, Episode 18, Partners. Take care, everybody. And remember, in the immortal words of our buddy Mac, Friends, friends are the, the adventures, adventures of life. life. Good night, everybody. Good night.